This podcast is brought to you by the Wharton School at the University of Pennsylvania. Well, there's not much question that Americans love to be at the beach and by the ocean. It's also well known that many people have properties by the water as well. But there have been concerns in some parts of the U.S., specifically in parts along the Gulf of Mexico and in portions of Florida, about sea level rise. And that would also have an impact on the cost of homes in those areas. Wharton's Ben Keyes has taken a deeper dive into this issue for the real estate market. He's an assistant professor of real estate at the uh, Wharton School and joins us to discuss what may be lying ahead. Ben, great to talk to you again. Hope you're doing well. Yeah, you too, Dan. So as we talk about this, it's more than, I guess, just the real estate market. It's the mortgage lenders. It's the insurers. Many other areas that have concerns about what we could be looking at here. Yeah, it's it's the whole financial system. And, and this is a, a big, big market if you think about the number of cities that are low-lying coastal areas. And so... Um, you know, reading reports from the Union of Concerned Scientists and and other scientific bodies, I got interested in this a few years ago, thinking about um, just the number of big cities in the U.S. that are exposed. And you think of places like New York, Boston, Washington, D.C. Um, and then where the rubber really hits the road is in these very low-lying coastal communities, like as you mentioned in, in your intro, um, thinking about the Gulf of Mexico and thinking about Florida. So we really started with a a focus on on Florida coastal communities for this study. Yeah, I think a lot of people have forgotten the fact that during Superstorm Sandy, there was a good piece of lower Manhattan that was underwater as well. That's right. Absolutely. So this is, you know, our study is focused on Florida, but this is a much broader problem for coastal communities. And and so the other interesting statistic you lay out early on in in this paper is the fact, and, and I didn't even realize that, there obviously is a lot of property. There's a lot of properties as well. But 42% of the U.S. population lives in a county that has a coastal shoreline. That's a lot of people that we're talking about here. It's pretty remarkable, isn't it? But we're in many ways a coastal country, um, despite our, our large land size. And so, yeah, so we wanted to dig into to thinking about whether these new forecasts of sea level rise and this sort of increased salience around um, uh, climate risk, basically, uh, whether that started to impact these property markets and then having uh, knock-on effects in financial markets. So what did you find out specifically about Florida? Yeah, so we focused in on Florida's coastal communities, so focused on census tracts right along the coast. And we did a a simple comparison among coastal communities, thinking about the lowest-lying communities, so those that would be fully inundated with six feet of sea level rise, um, versus those that would be more uh, more elevated, more protected. And we found that these housing markets in these two areas started to diverge pretty sharply in 2013, um, to the point that the, the more exposed areas in Florida have seen a, a 20% relative decline um, in home transactions. And so what's interesting is that you don't necessarily see this right away in prices. And I think this is a phenomenon of of housing markets that's often underappreciated, which is, you know, prices are not necessarily the sort of market clearing mechanism in the same way because houses are the durable, long-lived good. And so if you don't want to sell this year, you can wait. Yeah. And, and so what we're seeing, I think, is a lot of folks will, deciding to wait and say, well, it's not the right time to sell. Um, and so we're seeing a decline in transactions in, in these places. And usually when you see a decline in transactions, that's a pretty good forecast that you're going to see a decline in prices subsequently. So some folks don't need to sell their house right away, um, but eventually at some point they're going to sell their house or maybe they pass it on to their kids and their kids sell the house. And so what we see is a, a time lag 
and about four years later, we're seeing uh, declines in prices. So prices um, stayed quite steady across these two different types of areas, the exposed and less exposed, even as transaction volumes began to fall. But by 2017 or 2018, you start to see prices decline. And now we're seeing about a 5% relative decline um, in prices in these most exposed areas. So the areas that are um, going to be hit with um, with chronic inundation of sea level rise uh, most uh, most quickly. So th- then I, I guess my next question would be, how much recognition is there of some of this data already by local county governments who, who would be the ones that, you know, would be, I, I would assume, would be most impacted by not only the lower transaction volume, but also the lower transaction price as well. Yeah, I mean, we started digging into this, and we've only scratched the surface, I think. The the property tax base is very vulnerable in these communities. The, these are communities that are going to really depend heavily on their property taxes to fund the local infrastructure spending necessary to mitigate some of of the risks that they're exposed to. They're going to need to elevate roads. They're going to need to build um, – you know, different types of, of sewer and drainage systems. They're going to need to build seawalls. That's very expensive. And um, we're starting to see in many of these communities uh, a slowed growth of um, of the tax base or in some places a decline in, in the tax base. And so, you know, the property values are going to, to be a big driver for um, – for how uh, flexible and, and how um, capable some of these communities are at, at adapting to, to climate risk. So are they starting to think about this from a policy perspective as to what they need to start to consider to, to try and mitigate some of these problems? Yeah, I mean, our hope is that this research sparks a broader policy discussion, both for for local and, and, uh, and state um, organizations, and also thinking about the federal level and in particular uh, the, the mortgage giants, Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac. I mean, I think, you know, Miami has been out in front on this, um, issuing bonds to try to fund um, some infrastructure projects that are going to um, to reduce the risk in a few of the communities. But I think the, the scope of, of their ambitions um, in terms of the money that they can raise through the bond market is much, much smaller um, than the amount of, of dollars that are actually need to be spent um, to do the kind of work that would be long lasting and that, that would really make these communities um, protected from from sea level rise. So I think it's a, a big financial challenge for a lot of these communities, and I don't think they're going to be able to go it alone. So it becomes a question of of collective action. Are we going to see the federal government fund these kind of projects or are we going to see them steer funding in other directions to help people relocate, move off of the coast um, and and sort of adapt in other ways? We're joined by Ben Keyes, uh, who is a Wharton assistant professor of real estate. So how much uh, how much recognition then is there by the real estate owners uh, of these issues? So it's interesting. We're finding that the biggest effects uh, in terms of the biggest declines in, in transaction volume and then the biggest declines a few years later in prices are happening in exactly those counties where there is the, the largest recognition of, of climate risk. So this is the places where people have responded to this great survey that's run out of Yale, uh, climate opinion survey, where they ask people whether they're worried about, about climate change affecting them and their neighbors. Um, and that's where we're seeing the biggest effects. So I, I think there's a, bro- a growing recognition of, of this issue. I think um, there's a challenge in that there are going to be some, some climate spe- skeptics. This has become a hyper-politicized and polarized uh, topic. 
yeah. um, when it should really be based on the consensus of, of the scientists who are studying these issues. And I think every forecast of sea level rise has been uh, more dire than the last over the last 15 years. So uh, the, the sort of shape of this curve is, is only going up, um, that we're seeing uh, more, more expectations of, of climate rise. Um, and, you know, the Union of Concerned Scientists um, has projected that, you know, within um, 45 years, so by 2060, they're saying that over 270 um, coastal communities will be chronically inundated with even moderate sea level rise. So these are communities that will simply be um, inaccessible. The road grids, um, the houses will be will be um, basically continually flooded without right. um, without dramatic investment in the infrastructure to prevent that. So you mentioned 2013. Was there something specific about that year that kind of you know led to this shift? Yeah, I mean, 2013 jumped off the page for us um, in just looking at these trends. I mean, you see the transaction volumes in these most exposed communities actually fall. Um, so not in a relative sense, but in an absolute sense, we've seen, you know, fewer annual transactions in these communities relative to 2013. So I think there are a few factors there. One is, is as you mentioned at the top, Hurricane Sandy. So Hurricane Sandy hit the Northeast and hit New York City in particular, and I think for the potential buyers in, of Florida real estate, a lot of them are in the Northeast and in New York City. And I think that may have made the, the potential of, of um, severe storms and, um, and flood exposure um, salient in a way that it had never been before. I think there's uh, another factor, which was that was the year in which you see the, the biggest uh, revision to um, the international um, forecasting, the IPCC put out there big report in 2013 that got a ton of news um, saying that the forecasts for sea level rise were sharply higher than they were previously over the next hundred years. And that's when you see the, the, the language change in the media, in local media. We dug through the newspapers in Miami and Tampa Bay, and, and you start to see the stories that, that have um, really striking headlines about you know, sea level rise um, and you know, how it will affect Tampa Bay. Um, for instance. And so you see this change in, um, in Google searches, actually, for Florida, um, for, in Florida, for people searching for sea level rise. So it seems like that was the year where the sort of awareness around sea level rise, awareness around climate risk um, kind of catalyzed. And since then, we've seen a big increase in the share of people um, who sort of, quote unquote, believe in climate change um, yeah. and believe that this is going to affect their coastal properties. Ben, thanks very much uh, for joining us. Uh, great job on the work, and uh, we will uh, talk to you again soon. Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you. Ben Keyes, uh, Assistant Professor of Real Estate at the Wharton School. To keep engaged with Wharton Business Daily and other Wharton School shows, visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu.